You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 116. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And it's great to be with you today and I haven't been with you in a few weeks. But let me tell you something. It's not because I didn't want to. I have been prioritizing some things. We've had new clients come aboard. We have existing clients. We have a crazy market right now. There's a lot of things going on. Been working my tail off, but haven't been able to get to this podcast as much as I would like to. And this morning... I went somewhere else I didn't really want to go. I went to the the doctor to get an MRI on my shoulder. Anybody have an MRI before? Because it's not that much fun going in to get one. I have been coaching my daughter's volleyball team, and it's over now, but our second to last practice we decided to scrimmage together and and I recruited another coach and we were scrimmaging and I wanted to spike that ball real bad but I've had this really bad shoulder ever since high school and I knew it wasn't a good idea but I just couldn't help myself so I jumped up reached back tried to spike a volleyball didn't do a very good job but just my shoulder So I think we have a probably just partially torn rotator cuff, probably don't need surgery, but wanted to get it checked out anyway. But the hardest thing to do is sit still at that MRI. They put you in that little tube and you just, you can't move. You got to press a little button or squeeze a little, a little, um, I don't even know what it was. Squeeze a little thing so that uh, if you're going to cough, if you need to breathe heavy, that they stop taking whatever pictures that they're taking during the MRI. They stop it. And man, it was only a half hour, but it felt like three hours of doing nothing. I mean, not moving at all. And it led me to this podcast and I haven't even mentioned what the topic of the day is, which is why are the markets freaking out and what are you doing about it? Why are the markets freaking out? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Why is the market freaking out and what are you doing about it? Good Lord, it has been one crazy week after last week where the market had a great, great week, in fact, best since 2011. And then on Tuesday, 
a drop of 3.2% for the S&P 500. And then yesterday, Thursday, by the way, I'm taping this on Friday, December 6th. I think it's the 6th today, possibly the 7th. But yesterday, Thursday, the Dow was set to drop another maybe 3% until we had this massive recovery towards the end of the day and ended up down just about 0.3% or whatever it ended up being Wow, why is the market freaking out so much? Or is it even freaking out? And before we can answer that question, we got to answer the question, where have we been and where are we going? Very, very important to get perspective on this whole thing. And the first thing that we need to remind ourselves that it's extremely difficult to tell what's happened or what is happening by reading the news. I mean, wow, what do we have going on with the market freaking out right now? We have tariff man, we have inverting yield curves, we have the death cross, we have... We have the arrest of a Chinese executive. I mean, just looking at headlines, even pointing back to last February when the Dow plunged 1,175 points, it was the worst point decline in history. Then not that long ago, you know, we have the S&P 500 touching on all-time highs. We constantly read about U.S. and China, and trade threats. I mean, the market is freaking out. Or is it? Is it freaking out? It seems like it is. Again, where have we been? Let's review 2017. The U.S. stock market up This isn't anything you can invest in, just the indexes. The U.S. stock market up 21.8%. U.S. bonds up 3.5%. International stocks up 25%. That's 2017. It's been a tale of two years. And when I give you these numbers for 2018, it's through October. And where were we through October. This doesn't include anything that's been going on in November. This is just the most recent data that I have is through uh, October 31st, 2018. U.S. stock market up 3%. U.S. bond market down 2.4%. International stocks down 9.3%. And when we separate emerging markets down almost 15%. A tale of two markets. So when we see the markets or when you see your portfolios flat or down a little bit this year, remember 2017. It sure has been a tale of two years. Here's another reason why it's been a tale of two years. Let's talk about market volatility. Because it certainly has ticked higher as we've seen this past week and this year. Now, the the average number of days that a single trading day is either positive 2% or negative 2%, and I'm talking about the S&P 500 here, the average number of days is 11. So if I add up 
each year and how many times the S&P 500 at the end of the day was either positive 2% or negative 2%. I mean, that is real volatility. The average is 11 days during a year. But just like the stock market, long-term average is 10% that has come in many ways, shapes, and forms. Last year, we saw stock market up over 20%. This year, well, it's close to even if we look through uh, November, up just a little bit. But the stock market rarely lands on 10%. In fact, barely ever. Well, in 2017, If the average number of days that the stock market was, or the S&P 500 was up or down 2% in 2017, you know how many times it happened? Zero. That is it. Zero. So we are conditioned, or our recency bias suggests, we don't even remember what volatility is like. Compare that to 2018. When the stock market was, the S&P 500 was up or down 2%, 72 times. Well, in 2018 through October, we are a little bit above 11. We're at 12. And in these recent days, we know there's a few more than that, but we're still very close to the average number of days that the stock market, the S&P 500 is up or down 2%. But it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that way at all because we're not used to having any. In fact, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, and I already told you about 2017, all fell below the average. We don't know volatility. The last time that the um, the S&P 500 up or down 2% was above the average of 11 days was 2011, 35 days, 2010, 22 days, 2009, 55 days. I already told you 2008, 72 days. 2007, 17 days. 2006, two days. 2004 and 2005, 680 straight days, zero. It's all over the place. But when I look to 2018, yes, it's a little bit above average, but not so much above average. And why does the stock market freak out in the first place? Well, it hates uncertainty. It absolutely hates uncertainty. And while I don't know where the stock market will end in 2018 or 2019, I do know that we haven't had a recession in quite some time. That doesn't mean that because we haven't had one in a long time, that we go ahead and take our money out of the market right now. We need to make sure that our investments meet our risk tolerance level. Because I don't know when the U.S.-China trade war will end, but one thing I do know is that something else will happen. Something else will make Mr. Market uncertain and we'll see some volatility once again. So while not the, just the trade war is making the market uncertain, or I will call it Mr. Market uncertain, interest rates have been climbing as well. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. The, our portfolios that have short-term bonds that are the airbag in our portfolio will benefit from these rising interest rates. I mean, if you just think about it from 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, even into 15, we had almost 0% short-term one-year treasury bill interest rates. And now we're seeing the climb. We're seeing the climb up above 2.5% right now. While that might be not great for people borrowing money, it is great for us in our airbag, in our bonds, where we're lending money now at a higher interest rate than we were in the past. But the uncertainty lies in when we don't know when and if the Fed is going to raise interest rates. They've been on a steady climb. The Fed has hinted various things about staying on the steady climb, about maybe not raising as much next year or all of uh, the times they predicted they were going to raise this year. It's too hard to predict. There's no sense in spending our emotions trying to predict these things that we can't control. Well, so my question for you is, do greed or fear drive your emotions? I mean, how is the, how are the markets affecting you? By greed or fear or both? I mean, we know the market's freaking out, but how is that affecting you? I saw, I saw something interesting last week. In one advisor trying to paint a picture about the fact that we don't want to miss out on the next hot thing. We hate missing out on the next hot thing. I mean, I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan, and we just fired our head coach because we're afraid that he's not keeping up with the times. We're afraid that he is not a hot thing, and we want to bring a new hot thing in. Another way where we don't want to miss out on the next hot thing is when we play the lottery, when the lottery gets really high and we start hearing about it on the news. Then we go to the gas station and buy tickets. We spent $73 billion on lottery tickets last year. That's $223 per person spent on lottery tickets. Now, I don't think that's me or you, but that is if we break it down per person. How crazy is that? You want to know your odds of winning the Powerball? Actually, you probably don't. It's one in 292 million. That's point zero 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 three percent Yet, we go out and buy a lottery ticket because we don't want to miss out on the next best thing. And that's where I was talking about on my last podcast is what is the best asset class right now? The S&P 500. Even though it's not doing great, it's basically even. At least it's not down where most of the other asset classes are. And so those of us who don't want to miss out on the next best thing think that we ought to weight our portfolio more towards the S&P 500 when it's about the worst thing that we can actually do. And that's just one way where we might want to make a change. What's another way when the markets affect us that we want to make a change? Well, maybe we want to take 
all of our money out of the market. Maybe we want to fire our advisor. Maybe we want to shift out of technology and into another sector. And all of that feels good because we might be finding the next hot thing. The problem is, the big, big problem is, there's no reliable way to do it. It's more like guesswork. Do we really want to guess with our portfolios? I know I don't want to guess. I want to set myself up for the greatest chance for success in retirement. And while the market may continue to freak out, when you look at the underlying fundamentals of the economy, they look strong right now. Now, that doesn't mean that we aren't headed into a recession next month or next year. I'm just pointing out the fact that when you look at the fundamentals, they appear to be strong. Now, this could be all this volatility, could be late cycle behavior on when we're going to be seeing this next recession, but we don't know when it's going to happen and we don't know for how long it's going to last. And because we don't know when it's going to happen, and nobody does, by the way, nobody has a crystal ball, and because we don't know how long it's going to last, that's a timing decision that's very, very dangerous. And it brings me right back to when I was in that MRI tube for about 40 minutes having to stay still. It was so hard. And with every minute that went by, it got harder. It got Harder and harder to sit still. All I wanted to do was twitch my shoulder. And it's the same as when you're in a buy and hold strategy. Every day you see more volatility, it gets harder and harder. You want to do something. You want to move your shoulder. You want to get out of the market. You want to shift sectors. You want to shift countries. You want to do something. Because you feel as though, or a lot of people feel as though, that will help them in the long run. And let me tell you something. When I was in that MRI machine, doing nothing, not moving, was the hardest thing that I had to do. Moving would have felt the best, but it was the hardest thing. So my point to you is, doing nothing is doing something. Not making a move in your portfolio is absolutely doing something. It's doing the hardest thing, which is doing nothing. And I know that sounds crazy, but that is what we need to do. As long as you're in a good diversified portfolio to begin with, tilted in small and tilted in value and tilted in profitability. And if you don't think that you are, I want you to email me today scott at bestandwealth.com and have me do a second opinion on your portfolio because if we can be set up to be a winner we we our portfolios are set up for the next downturn and i want all of us to be successful all while the market is freaking out you everybody have a great weekend my time is up i'll see you on the flip side bye bye everyone
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.